The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fanside. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Coming off one victory in Toronto. That's right. Drop the confetti. Go Balloons, one win, the Yankees won a game against a divisional opponent that they're chasing for a playoff spot. Thursday's game, you're never going to believe this, got rained out. So we are left with a huge four-game set against the Baltimore Orioles this weekend at the stadium in three days, which is not the number of days it usually takes to play four baseball games. Thomas, how are your vibes? Like I said, scratching and clawing our way out of rock bottom here we are one win feels good uh would like to see a little bit more of a balanced offensive production uh seven hits pretty solid um but you know Ross Stripling isn't the greatest and neither is Tanner Rourke um but you know what I'll take it and like we said four games in three days would have loved to keep the momentum after the win uh the other night can't have everything in this life, I guess, especially during this baseball season. But, you know, we got some guys putting bat to ball um, under those circumstances, especially with how hard things were and how vocal the team was with the performance. So, nonetheless, it was good to see that kind of rebound after all the pressure that's been on the team, after all of the poor media talk, um, and after the players uh, making some critical comments about uh, what had been going on. And love what I saw from Davey Garcia again. How about you? Yeah, we are going to be diving into Davey and the upcoming four-game set and all the injury update barrage that happened on Thursday when we thought we were still going to play a game but didn't. Um, We'll dive into all that in a second. Reminder, everybody, to visit us on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you do get your podcasts. 
saw a nice little bump in listenership uh, this week, but need that bump in the, uh, in, the re- in the listener questions too. We would love to hear from you. Uh, make sure you're reaching out to us if you have anything to complain about or to say. Uh, and keep listening because we are going to have some great guests as the offseason uh, approaches and the postseason. Uh, so you're going to want to keep your ears open. Uh, yeah, Davey Garcia is obviously the headline news uh, from this week and for honestly like the past two weeks. Like I don't really, I don't really know what else you'd be enthused about. And it's, it's kind of nuts because I think it, it didn't take like an analytical baseball mind to watch Davey Garcia this summer and sort of say – that's that's very nice but the kid's not ready and, and that's fine and, and he doesn't have to be ready at 21 you know we've got guys like Clark Schmidt and we've got uh you know Cole Tanaka passing half Montgomery like there's no room for Garcia and he kind of looked skittish he just didn't look like a major league starting pitcher when the summer camp was in full swing and he threw one of those exhibition games against the Phillies and a uh, really, really incorrect take from, from us and from, I'm sure, a lot of people, too. But I don't really know. I, I mean, I do know what changed between star one and star two. He, he moved slightly on the rubber, and I'm supposed to believe that changed everything about his command and control between, you know, mid-July and the end of August. But uh, I, I guess I'll believe whatever I, I am being spoon-fed because the guy looks unbelievable. Um, he, he was – you know, I think what stands out above all else is, you know, no pitcher is perfect. He gave up a two-run homer to Derek Fisher on, on a 3-2 meatball fastball. So it's not like he went, you know, seven shutout, 13 Ks, one hit, and, and we're just extolling his virtues. He, he looked like a, a five-year big league veteran at 21. He gave up a huge home run, struck out the next guy, Jonathan Davis, on a, on a hook. And, and Davis has been terrorizing the Yankees, you know, for, for better or worse, say what you will about Jonathan Davis, to recover from – the moonshot with an immediate like K on not a fastball on this well-placed curve was really impressive. And then he, he gained in strength as the game went on. That that's what I'm really talking about. He not only did he not look like a kid at the start, you know, anyone can confidently fire 93, 94 mile an hour fastballs these days, because that's kind of what pitchers who, who come up in pitching factories do. And we live in a weird era of baseball where like, if you're calling up a rookie to make his major league debut, I assume he throws 95 plus. That's just life. Like, and the Orioles did that with Keegan Aiken and Dean Kramer, like both of whom are just coming out. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Firing and no fans, you know, huge confidence boost. But Davey looked better as the game dragged on, and he went through – he got through six innings at, like, 80-something pitches, and it was sort of not even a question for me that he should come out for the sandwich, which is crazy. I'm usually the one to quick trigger and obviously watching the bullpen for the last two weeks or so had something to do with it, but I'm usually the one who, who's trying to get, you know, these young starters who've already proven a lot out of the game before things go disastrously. Uh, and usually that ends up being the right strategy because you push them one extra inning and they, they put the first two guys on base or something. And then it's like, well, that was neat. Yeah, that was cute for, for that guy's confidence. That, that was awesome. But Garcia's seventh inning was better than his sixth, which is better than his fifth. It was, a, you know, a one, two, three on like seven pitches. And he ended up completing seven innings on 95. And there's legit discussion 
it's funny that it is even legit discussion now. This is where we are in the Yankee season. People are doing, would you or would you not start Davey Garcia in game three of a three-game wild card series? Um, and the alternative to starting Davey Garcia in that game is starting Jay Happ. And people are actually taking out the numbers and being like, Happ's got a 2-4-5 in his last four starts. And it's like, it's a real conversation. You actually have to have the discussion. But, you know, after three starts, there's no way I trust Happ over over the kid. I'm sorry. That, that's it for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy because I, don't, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say that was our take earlier in the offseason. David Garcia was not ready. It wasn't even – it wasn't really an opinion. It was you – yeah. watch, you watch what happened, you're like, he's 21. He's probably not ready to go. He had 11 appearances at AAA, and he was bad. He had 11 appearances at AAA, his first appearance there last year um, with the Rail Riders. 11 games, six starts, 5.40 ERA. Not good. He also – he was solid at AA, 11 starts, 3.86 ERA. But the problem with, the, with Garcia has been his whip. Across three levels last year, 1.347 whip. That's not good. Um, strikes, strikes out a ton of batters, which we love. 165 Ks and 111 and a third innings. So, uh, and this is all of his uh, minor league statistics last year. Advanced A, double A, and triple A. And then he had those. Uh, he didn't look good in spring training. Um, I actually saw him live. That was the same game Gary got booed. I know I brought that up like six times on the podcast so far. but Always worth talking it, about. It, 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 it's circling back around every, every which time that it, all these subjects come up. So I, I got to mention it. He looked terrible in that spring training game that I saw. And then he got destroyed against the uh, – it was the Phillies in that uh, summer camp exhibition. And you're sitting there and you're looking. All right, he's got good stuff. Uh, he's 21 probably not ready to just face major league batters. He has limited experience at the highest levels. Um, but at this point, he's really come around. Um, he made that tweak in his um, windup, as you mentioned. And his stuff is deceiving. I love it. Uh, rising fastball, looping curve. He hits the corners. He's really doing all you can ask for of somebody of this caliber. And at this point, I probably would start him over half. You could argue Hap has the veteran experience, uh, which, you know, he kind of does. And he's a lefty, which always helps. But the problem with Hap is you don't know when the first inning, you know, nightmare is going to come. And the Yankees can't afford to go down 4 nothing in a do-or-die wild, you know, game three of a wild card series. So, you know, at this point, Davey's looking a little bit better. Uh, starting that game three of a wild card series would be, you know, pretty tremendous for his development especially because he seems to be a fixture of the rotation for the rest of the way, regardless of what happens. Um, I'm loving it. And I really hope he continues on this trajectory because it'd really be great if we had this uh, Cole Severino, uh, Davey and uh, Clark Schmidt rotation. And then obviously we figure out, you know, the fifth, whoever that's going to be, because um, half is going to be gone next year and important person to talk about now, James Paxton, not looking great. Yeah, how about that? Uh, James Paxton, it now seems, uh, you know, we, we probably could have pre-recorded this three weeks ago, but <laughs> we, you know, we, we go by what the team tells us. It's, you know, it's, it's, up, to, it's up to us to, to discern from the information presented what we feel like reality is. But James Paxton went down with what we assumed was Tommy John surgery, uh, you know, precursor, et cetera, when uh, he, he went down in that Rays series. He was coming around uh, in 2020, but not in a way that really lent you any confidence about what the rest of the season was going to look like. He, he had somehow made 
a, a solid start against the Red Sox, moderate fringe average start, a great six innings against the Rays before falling apart in the seventh. And he had also held the Rays scoreless in his final start of the season before collapsing in the fifth inning of that one, I believe, but not with anything near the stuff that James Paxton has at his peak. It was 91, 92, uh, humped it up to 94 once or twice per game just to get the radar gun readings and getting the eyeballs popping. But he didn't look like himself. When he was getting outs, it wasn't clear why he was getting outs. When he was giving up home runs, it made a lot more sense. Very, very flat, uh, like five starts from Paxton this year. And when he went down with the arm injury, I think we all assume, you know, that's surgery and it's devastating because he's a free agent. Now he's not going to get to cash in for probably the only time in his life. Uh, so it was sort of surprising when they announced a few days later that it wasn't uh, surgery, wasn't necessary. Uh, he's actually just got this flexor strain and you'll see him before the season ends. That felt like a crazy pipe dream, especially as someone who knows James Paxton's history, not to mention knows the history of pitcher injuries in general. Uh, they don't just, you know, when your arm hurts, your arm kind of hurts for a while. I don't, you're not really able to work up to full strength again in like three weeks. So uh, the news today was that Paxton felt more pain after attempting his comeback on Thursday and his progress would be halted. Uh, and it still seemed possible, Boone claimed, that he'd be back by the end of the season, but that's now doubtful as of a few hours ago. Uh, and that's, honestly, you, you still feel dreadful, but his his place is not here. He will not be here next year. I don't think he was going to be here next year, even when the 2019 season ended and he had been this redemptive playoff hero. I, I don't think his long-term future in New York was beyond 2020, and the 2020 season went you know, 75 to 80% of a nightmare for him. And, and it's just about over. And I think you could have written this narrative when he left his last start, but we're writing it now. Um, so I guess it is time to think about, would you rather have had what you have from Paxton? Uh, and considering you, you did get him before 2019 season when the team thought they would contend and they did contend. Uh, and they also had no idea that Luis Severino would be out for most of the season. They had no idea the lineup would go down. You'd have Cameron Maven and Mike Talkman and, backups everywhere uh, and they still made it to game six of the ALCS very successful season that Paxton was pretty dominant for large stretches of uh, although when it really mattered he sort of disappeared a little bit that that uh, really would have helped if he could have won that game two in uh, Houston they probably win that series but they take a 2-0 lead uh, just saying not saying just saying um, but this season was a complete wash uh, Justice Sheffield hasn't looked like great shakes at the major league level yet in Seattle outside of short spurts where he has kind of looked like the pitcher with the pedigree. But uh, I, I think you pull the trigger on that trade nine times out of 10, that that's still feels like something you do, but it is fair to say, you know, once again, this is another uh, pitcher with a moderate to impressive track record that Brian Cashman has traded for who came to New York and largely did their job, but ultimately probably will not be a part of the next Yankee team to win a world series. That's counting even this year. If they, you know, pull off some miracle run, Paxton wasn't really a part of it. Uh, so it's another, you know, another chip somewhat wasted. Yeah, I don't know what Cashman was expecting here. Um, I mean, like you said, you pull the trigger nine times out of ten on this deal. We didn't entirely need Justice Sheffield, especially with the window that we had. Remember, Sheffield has only made um, uh, 18 appearances at the big league level, so that's not really a guy, an immediate now impact guy who was going to help us get that bump to the next level for, you know, uh, the postseason in the World Series. Paxson was seemingly that guy. However, you look at his body of work, it's pretty good. 
But every season, there's an injury. There's something holding him back. Never pitched over 160 innings in a season. Never made more than 28 starts before coming to the Yankees. He made 29 last year, but dealt with injury issues. And now look where we are this year. He had the offseason back problem, and now he's dealing with a forearm problem. Um, kind of weird because, like, this is the injury-prone versus are you, do you just get injured argument. Like, injury, the, it's, it's always different. Like, is Aaron is – now we – the discussion is Aaron Judge. Is he injury prone? I, I guess he just keeps getting injured. Uh, James Paxton, was he injury prone before this? Uh, some unlucky. Th- I don't know how injury prone you could be as a pitcher, just you know having these little minor issues. But I guess I guess that's what it is. Now we can define it as that. We were looking to break the cycle, I guess, of him dealing with these problems, and then we got hit with our own problems in 2018 and 2019. 2019, where it you know really coming to a head. And now here we are in 2020, and Paxton has joined the list of guys who just can't can't stay on the field. Um, sad. I thought in the beginning of the year he could be back um, based on how he would rebound from his back surgery, uh, considering that's a serious procedure regardless of how you roll with coda and roll on over to our digital fare management system that lets you digitize dollars and save money every time you ride never pay more than four dollars and fifty cents a day or sixty two dollars a month no matter how many times you ride learn more at coda.com forward slash transit app you look at it especially for a pitcher if he was able to make a bit of a turnaround from that um, and have an okay season. I thought the Yankees would be able to get him on the cheap, and it's always good to have a lefty in the rotation. Now, probably not going to happen. He's gone. Tanaka is going to be the number one priority. Uh, things kind of coming into focus, which I guess is a positive, but it's sad because, you know, you don't want this to happen to anybody. And Paxton's going into a contract year, and that just sucks for the guy. You know, his one chance to get paid. Maybe he takes a one, one-year prove-it deal elsewhere and builds up his value again. Um, but based on his track record and his injuries, I, I just don't know if that's going to be possible. Nonetheless, I'm excited to look forward to, um, you know, more Clark Schmidt this year, whether it's uh, out of the bullpen, maybe he gets a spot start, who the hell knows. Um, but Davey's looking like he could be a future part of the rotation. And then we're going to have to figure something else out in the offseason, whether that be via trade or free agent signing. I don't think there's that many good pitchers on the market this year, though, right? Lamont, that's the tough thing. Like I, that's why I was kind of excited to re-sign Paxton and swallow my pride, because they, there aren't really guys who I have any attachment to this offseason. People are talking about Trevor Bauer getting like thirty oh, yeah, five million for a one-year deal or whatever. Like, best of luck. I don't think that's even within the realm of possibility. Like, that's that's insane. Wake me up when that happens. I will address it then, but I do not think Trevor Bauer is going to make $35 million on a one-year contract next year. And even if he does, I don't want him. Uh, you know, Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole and Garrett Cole is our ace. Uh, and you know, Garrett Cole in a full 162 game season is going to look a lot different than he has over the last month. Uh, I can guarantee you that things are going to shake out differently. You have to keep him happy. And if he doesn't like Trevor Bauer, that's very important. And guess, guess what? I also don't like Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer is a Trevor Bauer's a baby. I don't like Trevor talking Bauer shit again last night, dude, or two nights ago. I'm just like every oh, day he posts some tweets that are illegal on Twitter, and he's like, "Come and get me for these, Manfred." And it's like those are a picture of like that's like Chairman Mao's body on your cleats. Like, yeah, any commissioner would come after you for that. That's crazy. <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, D. Gordon wore In and Out cleats. Why can't I wear something offensive like Harambe?" Uh, okay, bud. Like. 
I don't know. You wear your Harambe cleats. Go take your $18 million in Kansas City and and have a great day. But there's him. There's there's Strowman, who, like, if you can get Strowman on a two-year or three-year deal, that's fun. But I don't think there's a lot. I don't think you're getting a lot out of Strowman that you're not getting out of David Garcia. Frankly, two small guys, one of whom is on a rookie deal and who we like, and one of whom is a a former rival turned former Met turned former whatever. So, you know, uh, these are – these are boring to me. Robbie Ray is the ultimate stay away, and we'll yeah, see what he does for the Blue Jays over the next two weeks, but that's a no. Um, it, it, Paxton always, for me, was a guy I didn't really want a part of anyway, and I had to put on a brave face and pretend that I liked him when the Yankees traded for him. I always liked him as a guy, but mm-hmm. I never liked him as someone you'd surrender serious assets for just because it did feel like every season was like 90 innings long for him for whatever reason, back, shoulder, um, and it's tough. It's tough to root for or against pitchers like that because you, you don't want to see someone's body betray them, but it keeps happening. Uh, and you don't want it to happen on your watch. And then, you know, here we go. Two, two years of this. And last year he missed big chunks of time. Uh, and this year he obviously missed almost the entire uh, proceedings. So really sad for him. Not someone who should be having to take a prove-it deal at this point, but he almost definitely will. Um, so let's pivot real quick to the baseball that is being played on the field uh, this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four games against the team and basically the same pitchers uh, who we ran into trouble against in Baltimore, but it does feel good to be home. Uh, Garrett Cole facing Alex Cobb today in the early game. Masahiro Tanaka going against our nightmare fuel Freddy Krueger, Keegan Aiken from the left <laughs> side on, uh, on Friday night for uh, seven or so innings. Uh, Saturday, you're going to have Montgomery uh, against Dean Kramer, who also pulled us, put us to sleep last weekend. And Montgomery has been, uh, you know, absolutely, unfortunately, unacceptably bad uh, in two straight starts. Makes you worry that he is hiding an injury of some kind. Uh, while I was on vacation, uh, the Yankees blew that 4 nothing Mets game in the first game of the doubleheader. Someone said that Montgomery was uh, cringing when he left the mound. Uh, no one's mentioned it since, and he's had two just uncharacteristically terrible starts. So uh, take it out what you will. I don't know. I wasn't watching, but it doesn't sound great. And then Sunday's game is John Means and Jay Happ, the battle of the lefties going in divergent directions. Very weird. Uh, Yanks got a clutch win from the Mets over the Orioles on the same night that they beat the Blue Jays. So the difference is one and a half games between these two teams for a playoff spot. That is real life. Uh, I feel like this series is winnable. This series is also very splittable, which would bring us exactly where we started. And the O's have a tougher schedule in the immediate aftermath. I believe they've got the Braves and Rays on the docket a lot uh, in the next week or so. Uh, So this is going to be really close and it's going to come down to the wire. And I would feel a lot better if the Yanks were to win both of these games today. I I don't know how confident I am in that happening simply because of the mechanics of a doubleheader. But I, I will go out on a limb and say that um, even holding serve in this series would be okay, but it would be great to win three out of four. Um, Kramer Montgomery seems like a classic disgusting mismatch, but all the rest sort of favor the Yankees. Uh, so we'll see. We, we honestly will see. Like I said last time, before that last game of the Jays series, 12-6 and six should really get it done. 12-6 and six is an attainable goal and should get this team into the postseason in, in the eighth spot. And the Rays and A's are sort of juggling that top playoff spot right now. It's, it's the A's headed into Friday's action, which would be different and not what you want. You know, you'd rather, if you're going to have to be the eighth seed, you'd rather face the Rays. 
But, you know, 12 and 6 is now 11 and 6. They've got one win under their belt. And at this time of the year, that's not insignificant. So, you know, try to win every day. But 11 and 6 still seems manageable. And it seems more manageable after they won that first game. I don't want to put the team under any pressure, but this, this is it. This, you got to win three of four here. No pressure at I mean, all. I mean, there's no pr- – I mean, but, like, what, what else What else am I going to say? No, I mean, yeah, no. If you, if you split this series, you split the season series with the Baltimore Orioles in ten games. That can't happen. We already did that shit with the Mets. We can't do it again. We have Cole and Tanaka today, seven inning games. I hate the seven inning games. I cannot wait until this is over with. It is – I, I – there, there's – enough cannot be said about how terrible it is. And – God, there are people advocating for it on Twitter. I will find you, and I will I will double advocate against you because this is unacceptable. We will find you, and I will at you. <laughs> we should, you will you will be added, and it will not be a good at. That we are not going back to pony league baseball and playing seven inning baseball games. This is not college softball. This is not college baseball with aluminum bats. This is major league baseball. It's nine innings. I am not goose gossage. I'm not complaining about analytics. The game is nine innings. That's the way it's going to stay. We are never doing seven innings again. Nonetheless, seven inning games today, two of them lined up. Cole Tanaka, these are the two guys. Got to go at least six. I would love to see a complete game from Garrett Cole today so all this chatter can go away and we don't have to hear it anymore. But you got to take three or four here because we have the pitching matchups lined up the way we want them. Cole Tanaka, Montgomery, half. Half first means on Sunday. I like it. I don't, I don't love it. I like it with the way Hap has been throwing. Um, and it will be a way for him to kind of rebound after his last start against the Orioles, where I think what we gave, we gave him a nice 4-0 cushion and he crapped the bed and it was tied immediately after that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then after that, uh, we have a nice little lineup against Toronto. Davey again, Cole and Tanaka. This is why you have to take advantage of this series, because then everything else is starting to line up for you. Then we have Cole starting after the we. Ha, I'm sorry, we have four games against the Orioles. Then um, next week we have three games against Toronto, which an is an actual off day. Yeah, yeah, and at, yeah we got an off day, day on Monday. Oh, that's a fake off day because we have two games today. Sure. Um, so it's like nothing ever happened. But anyway, they get that rest day Monday. Do with it what you want. Still home in the Bronx. Davy Cole Tanaka going up against the Blue Jays against Ryu, uh, Hinjin Ryu, uh, Taiwan Walker, Tanner Roark. Great. Then we're at Boston for three games. Montgomery, Hap, Garcia. Boston sucks. Probably got to take two or three there. And then we have Cole starting the first game of the following series at Toronto. It's lining up just the way we need it to. Like I said, rock bottom, digging our way out. Only way to go up from this point is up. And I'm loving the way this is lined up. Like we talked about yesterday, the rain out. Yes, it sucked. But now kind of things are tilting in our favor. I absolutely think three out of four against Baltimore is imperative. We have Toronto tonight going up against Jacob DeGrom. Hopefully the Mets can do us a damn favor for once, get this win. We can gain another game on that, and then we're set up nicely. Three out of four has to be done, though. This is where you have to prove you're a major league team. You have to back up all the criticism, the the vocal criticism that you've been putting upon yourself over the last few days. You have to shut the media up. You have to shut all the rival uh, fans up talking trash in every direction because it's endless. 22 and 21, not very good right now. Now's the time to prove everybody that you're a big boy. You can put on your big boy baseball pants and you can take three out of four from the Baltimore Orioles. That's how I feel. It's true. I I would like to see Mike Talkman do something. There's been a lot of Talkman focus and he's getting the start in this first game today. And and patience is a virtue, but uh, I'm going to peg Talkman. I'm saying get, get a hit and hit a home run today. Like today's the day. Every day is a new day, but today it's, it's imperative that you do that. 
Uh, and if you're going to be given the chance, take advantage and, and hit a long ball, which you've proven capable of doing last year. Um, the, the one thing, though, that doesn't get doesn't get discussed enough is the Orioles are good. These guys, these guys can hit. You know, the, the bullpen is yeah. thin. The bullpen is thin. The rotation is meh. But Kramer and Aiken have looked lights out so far. And Aiken in a seven-inning game is different than Aiken in a nine-inning game, which is why it's so disgusting that this team's fate is going to be sealed by like eight to ten seven-inning games. They just aren't nine-inning games. It's it's different than nine innings because you have to you have to hold leads for two more innings, which is which is difficult to do as the Yankees have proven. And as the Orioles probably would prove if they had more innings to blow leads, there'd be a higher chance that they would do that. Um, but the Orioles are, are somewhat legit, at, and they will be more legit as time goes by. And Ryan Mountcastle is, you know, a lot of talk about Dalbeck, a lot of talk about Dalbeck in Boston. That sort of feels very Michael chavis to me. Like his first week and a half, he's just going to hit five or six dingers. But he also struck out a ton of times, and, and you'll see. I'm, I'm not sure what that is. But Mountcastle looks legit good. He's hitting in the middle of this order in like his second week in the big leagues for a reason. Uh, this weekend's games are going to be fun. This is this is what we this is what we play the game for. You know, they managed to salvage one against the Jays in Buffalo. Didn't get swept. Now they're still in it. They're in everything. They're in the race with the Jays. They're in the eighth spot race. You know, a lot of races to be in, and they're in all of them. And they have a bit of renewed mojo after getting a like we said. One win, that's nothing to sneeze at at this point. It's it's a win. They got it. So, you know, time to build off that. Yep. Big. It felt good. The offense woke up. And like we said, you, when you have you – have, they, the Blue Jays are facing DeGrom and Seth Lugo. Those are two, two, two guys who are really uh, – DeGrom's obviously in another stratosphere, but Lugo's a good starter. So, hopefully that you get a couple of losses in this series. Mets take two out of three there. Yankees got to capitalize and take three out of four here. 25 and 22 heading into the next series with the Blue Jays. You're in a good spot. You have some cushion. You don't have to worry as much. Your back's not up against the wall. And that's how the Yankees have to play. They have to play with a little bit of cushion in between them because when their backs are up against the wall and everything seems to be paving inward, they're, they're not playing great. So, I mean, they managed to keep the ship afloat with one game above 500. Don't really want to do this again, though. I think this is the, that was the lowest point, the 10-run inning. We're, we're going to forget it happened, but that was it. We can't go any lower than that. And please just do us, just make today painless. I want a nice painless Friday. Yeah, I want one painless game. We will see you on Monday with the results of these Yanks O's contests with some, uh, with a nice off day, juicy steak, uh, kick your feet up, drink an ale, drink a porter, uh, pizza Friday, enjoy double baseball. And we will know much more uh, the next time that you hear from us. Uh, for this week's episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast, I'm Adam Weinrib. Uh, remember to like, subscribe on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. And you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes on Twitter. And please, we'll be running the Yanks Go Yard uh, official Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS all night tonight. Uh, I'm assuming that we're going to be up late because the last doubleheader against the Orioles was supposed to be short. Uh, the first one went to nine innings, and then the second game didn't get done until like 1130. So I'm going to be up late tonight. Hit me up, and uh, we'll get some chatter going. Yeah, stick with us. Enjoy the baseball. Until next week, see you, everybody. We'll see you on Monday.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.